Jason, along with Chris. Yo. Ashley is traveling. She's at a wedding? She is that a, what it is? Had a wedding. and then Not she hers, just her at hers. a wedding. At a wedding. And then she's in, I think, Na- on her way back from Nashville right now. Correct. And then she was just, I didn't want her. She was literally traveling all night. Yeah, get some rest, girl. Yeah, so we were like, just chill out and relax. So She'll be back next week. Yeah, so we got an important announcement regarding what Ashley is going to be doing on the Facebook Lives on Monday's game at 9 o'clock. So yep. stay tuned for that announcement at the end of the podcast. So, hey, we're upbeat this week. Yeah, yeah. What, a, what a difference a week makes. Yeah, 4-0 oh this week. So this team continues its normal... Uh, streaks? Streaks. So we are officially at... They're a roller coaster of a team. Oh man, it's literally. Uh, so we followed a. We had a six game winning streak, followed by a five, five game, game losing. losing streak, followed by now a four game win streak. So the the peaks and valleys are getting smaller. Yeah. So if you follow the trend, that means we're due for a three game losing streak, streak after this, and then a two game winning streak, and then a one then, game. Then, then I guess streak. after that, we'll see how it goes. So it's it's very. Uh, Interesting. So this week was a very good week. We'll talk about all the games this week. A uh, couple of a uh, couple of call ups. Yep. Official call ups and a couple of minor injuries to report yeah. as well. But uh, and then we'll look forward to the upcoming schedule, which I think Chris and I agree is probably going to be your most important week of the season. Of what's left, I would say so. Yeah. It's going to be your most competitive for sure. Yeah. So let's get into the games first this week. So the Blues go to Winnipeg the last time we talked and get looked terrible, stomped, and just kind of what they looked like when Hitchcock was coach, just not organized, not you know whatever, just just not a good team. Pretty no, much. there's really, you know, we talked about it last week. We went over that game in detail. There, there's nothing you could point to in that game and build from. Like it was just one of those that you want to put in your rearview mirror and forget about as soon as you can. Yeah, that's pretty much how uh, the Blues kind of described it. As mo- but also, uh, Yo is quick to point out that, you know, can't have games like that anymore. No, not when you're fighting for a playoff spot. And he pretty much, you know, said some said things. And I kind of read some Minnesota reactions to a degree on this. And mm-hmm. some Minnesota people are like, oh, we've heard that before and yada, yada, yada. Well, and, I, every of course you're bitter. You're bitter, yeah. So, Blues go on to face the Colorado Avalanche. On uh, be like last Sunday, so we're recording on the twelfth, so yeah. this would have been the fifth. The Avalanche, who are just terrible. Okay, and a funny stat which uh, I'll bring up. So the everybody wanted Matt Duchesne, including myself, for the right price. Sure. Since the trade deadline, zero points, minus eight. Do you think he's just given up? Mm, I think it's a mixture of that and also uh, the team is not good. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah. They're they're truly terrible. They're playing their. Or their third goalie this game, who is only playing his second NHL game. He came in relief one game. Varlamov is, I believe, hurt. Uh, Calvin Picard was, I think, played the night before. Yeah. So he's out. And then you're playing uh, Jeremy Smith. So. Sure. Yeah. So 
the Blues come in, and about four minutes in, Paul Stasny gets a goal on the power play. This could have been a uh, Tarasenko or Stasny goal because, t- yeah. remember, uh, Tarasenko was kind of sliding towards the slot after uh, Jaden Schwartz got a uh, nice pass across to them, and pretty much Tarasenko let it go to Stasny. Stasny scores in a very cool moment. His uh, daughter and wife were sitting front row. Which so, is awesome. So she was able to see the goal like right there. So he was able to go up and kind of hit the glass and the, his daughter sitting in the glass. You know, it was kind of a nice moment. Does so, the family still live in Denver? I believe so. Or did they just travel back to visit friends? I think um, – I thought they might still live there. I'm not 100% though. Hmm. Well, if anybody knows, you can hit Either way, up. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very much up there with when Pat Maroon scored in St. Louis in front yeah. of this kid. So, Stasny gets a 16th from Schwartz and Peter Angelo at 356. God, you always do the Pierre Maguire. Yeah, I know. I just can't help it. <laughs> so, another one, uh, another goal here. Uh, Scotty Upshaw gets his seventh of the year from Ryan Reeves about, about a minute later or so at the 533 mark. So, uh, Blues look good in this period, and it, it's a mixture of, like, do I think the Blues look really good? And just simply dominating, like, there is tur- oh, man, yeah. there are turnovers, uh, and I'm like, whoo, It man. was one-sided. It was very one-sided. Uh, and then we'll go into the second period, and Patrick Berglund gets his 18th of the year deflection goal from uh, Pareko and Perron on the power play at 10-11. So, Blues going to win this game 3 nothing. Pretty simple, straightforward. They just – both ends of the ice were easily control. Yep, you know, uh, and, and Jake Allen had to make twenty-seven saves, but I can't remember a there, sequence that was like very high, like a high end scoring chances. I mean, he there had, were no highlight real saves that game. It yeah. was all just textbook save, kick it to the side, keep going the other way. Um, this and is I'll the give type credit of to the defense too. Absolutely, yeah. the defense was there. This is the type of performance that the Blues need to have because these are the games that you should win. And these are the games that you need to depend on winning to bank those points. Yeah. Because for every Colorado you play, you know, you've got Minnesota, you've got the Ducks, you've got the Kings, you've got the Sharks. You've still got competitive teams in your schedule at this point. You need to make sure that you handle business against a team like the Colorado Avalanche, who at this time only has seventeen be, wins on the season. Yeah. Should be I think the number one team in the draft right now. Well, probably, yeah, they have the best. Still have the best chance at the right. uh, the draft lottery, and also during this game, remember the last couple of minutes, remember Jake Allen was shaking up a bit. He got shot like right off his throat area, yes. so he was a little shaken up. Stayed in the game, but uh, and finished out the last three minutes. But he was a little shaken up, and he was actually considered somewhat questionable going into the next game, which was in Minnesota. So you're going from the bottom feeding team of the West to the perennial top team. Yeah. And, uh, so I mean, so this pretty is much exactly what we just said. Like you need those wins against the Colorado because you now go into Minnesota, which is never an easy place to win. Yeah, and we'll start. And the Blues start off uh, pretty well. And they look good, and then a uh, nice goal here by David Perron, who gets his 13th of the year. He breaks his over. He had over 10 games out of goal here. Wow. And uh, he had that hat trick, and then ever since then he hasn't scored. So he uh, Perron gets his 13th of the year. No, he had one goal in between, but still it's been kind of dry lately for sure. him. Uh, he gets it from Pareko, who had a perfect shot for him to deflect by a Dubnik, put it around the ice hard enough that Perron directed it up and in. 
Uh, so like I said, 13th of the year at the 10:24 mark of the first. Um, and a, this is just an entertaining game to watch, I think. It was a very good game. Back and forth, the Blues, lock, I mean, they locked it down. I mean, there were some chances that Minnesota had where Jake Allen had made some really good saves, especially on a power play in the second period. I think there mm-hmm. was a scramble where he was standing on his head pretty much. Yes. I think there was a, a post in that mixed in there somewhere. There was a post in the third, I believe. Yeah. And right after the post, Vladimir Tarasenko gets his 29th of the year from Schwartz and Petrangelo at the 11.03 mark. So the Blues up 2 nothing, looking good. And then... I was just about to tweet <laughs> it out when it happened. Too. So I literally was in the middle of tagging. I got a tag at, what, at Jake Allen 34. Nice job on the shutout today. I was literally hitting hashtag STL Blues on it. As Miko Koivu dumps it in from the red line. Oh. And it just takes a weird hop. And yeah. Allen wasn't exactly out in front. He was kind of deep in the net. And it just takes a weird bounce, goes over his glove. As Miko Koivu gets his 18th of the year from Suter and Granlin at 1949. So, that goal. so a little 10 seconds. So all of a sudden you're like kind of pucker up for half of the 10 seconds. You're like, oh, crap. And But the Blues hold on. Seconds away from having another shutout, back-to-back oh, so shutouts. So close, so close. So. You know, you look at that game, and the Blues really, again, dominated in pretty much every aspect. They controlled the tempo of the play. They really controlled um, how and where Minnesota got their shots from. There were a couple of times where Minnesota had good pressure. Um, but Jake Allen stepped up and made great saves. And, you know, the Blues scored timely goals. And it's just a bummer because, you you know, should we just call this what we like to call this? It's a Ryan Miller shutout. Yeah. It, you know, you dominate the team for the entire game and then give up a soft one in the last five minutes. Yeah. And unfortunately. This is the last ten seconds. Yeah. And our friend uh, Mike in our league, he was pissed because, like, <laughs> he's trying to make the playoffs in our league. He did wind up doing it this week. But he had Jake Allen in and he's like. Oh. And he's like, that would have, like. Helped out. I mean, it would have helped out. I mean, he still played well, obviously. But I'm, I'm so toast in our league. Yeah. As I said yesterday, my team is all contracted the mumps because <laughs> that seems to be what everybody in the NHL gets sick with. My team has just been decimated by injuries. I just lucked out. Um, str- like, I lucked out on my – I mean, goaltending-wise, I picked Holpe, but – I lucked out on having Bobrovsky. Nobody wanted him, and I want yeah. to pick him like in the like seventh or eighth round. Eighth round, I think it was. Anyway. I had um, Ben Bishop, who I had to drop because now he's essentially a backup. Yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. So Quinn Quick's kind of taking the job. Yep, and then I have Luongo, who's day to day right now. And then I pick up Vajileski when when I dropped Bishop, just because I, yeah. I needed somebody, somebody who was going to play, yeah. and no one else out there was getting. I'm not going to pick up Carter Hutton. Uh, nope. Um, so yeah, I've just and then my offense has been streaky. They're starting to score again, but for a while, kind of rough. It's been rough, man. I mean, and you, I mean. Let me go down my list of forwards. It's not like I'm. It's not like I have a crappy team. Here's who I have at forward for your team seven. I have Paul Stasny, Kuznetsov, Rick Nash, Jonathan Druin, Nathan McKinnon, Marion Hosa, uh, Evgeny Malkin, Vladimir Tarasenko, Austin Matthews, and Voracek. That's a solid lineup. Yeah. And my D's all right. I mean, for D, I've got um, Ekblad, Suter, Yandel, Seabrook. Yeah, not awful. 
I just, you know, I'm getting smashed in goal. And then for the longest time, my offense was poop. Yep. So the Blues go have a couple of days off here, regroup, and they come home finally. So they're going to play Anaheim. And I, I want to say this is probably the most bizarre game of the year. Not, I would say bizarre is yeah. like how it ha- things happened, I guess. The timing of everything, I guess. Let's put it that way. Like, uh, so they play the Ducks, and the Ducks are in a playoff position in the Pacific, looking in the second. They're in the second position as of this day. They've dropped since then. But Tarasenko starts off with a goal 12 seconds in. Blues hockey brought to you by Bud Light. And Tarasenko scores his 30th of the year. So now he has three consecutive years of 30-plus goals. So Something to build on. Yep, congrats to him. And Jaden Schwartz gets the assist along with Jay Bomeister. So 12 seconds in. Originally, we kind of thought the shot was like kind of from the slot. We thought it was maybe deflected on the way in. But, he beat him. But John Gibson just missed it. And he John Gibson was just activated on Friday from IR. He was had a groin injury, and he was – uh, been out for a few weeks. So yeah. this is his first game actually in a while, so I maybe wasn't ready. I don't know. And then kind of a little bit of controversy on the next goal. Uh, Ricard Raquel gets his 28th year from Getzlav and Vatnin at the about 12-minute mark of the first period. So pretty much a rush comes in, mm-hmm. and Yori Laterra knocks Corey Perry kind of to the side of Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. The plague is still going on, and the puck goes to the right of Jake Allen. Yeah, right of Jake Allen. Getzlav picks it up, finds uh, Raquel on the left side, yep. and as Jake Allen kind of slides over to try to get to the shot, uh, Corey Perry's kind of stick is kind of in his paraphernalia to a degree. It's in between his legs. Yeah, so he's like kind of it, it's kind of got him like basket weaved. It's over the left pad and I'm sorry, over the right pad, then mm. between his legs and hooked around behind the left pad. So Jake Allen literally dives to the left and just actually just barely misses yeah. the puck too, which is a, a good effort and doesn't get it. Uh, yeah, it's what it does is it stops him from pushing off of that right skate and sliding over. Yes. Yeah, so he, he can't square up because he did like a shortstop dive pretty much to yeah, try and get exactly to right. So he had no choice. So um the goal is originally called on on the ice it was called a no goal. By the by, the refs. So it was called no goal and for goaltender interference. So they're getting to move on, and then uh, Anaheim challenged it, and then it was ruled a good goal. Uh, I I I think you know he was in there. I think there was plenty of time, and Latero was not like on top of him or Agreed. like pushing him into the goal. Still, he was away and enough away from that. Corey Perry. It was Corey Perry on top of that. Could have gotten up. And actually, he was on one knee when this happened, yep. and still, uh, I thought he impeded him enough, but apparently not NHL. I agree. You know, do I think that it was goaltender interference as far as him running into Jake Allen? No, he was clearly pushed by Laterra. No. But him using his stick, and I don't care what you say, you can see him pulling the stick. So he's pulling Jake Allen the opposite way of what Jake wa- of where Jake wants to go. Yeah, that to me is interference. That's the textbook definition of interference. And you saw after they said good goal, you saw all the players were giving him a high five and stuff. So you know, like obviously he knew what he was doing, and it's kind of bullshit in my opinion. But it's not like he's not known for this stuff. Yeah, so let's put it that way. So then the Blues kind of go ice is a little bit slanted towards Anaheim right now, and then one hundred percent this play. I'm not sure Robert Bortuzzo was doing. <laughs> No. Yeah, he was uh, kind of didn't cover a Chris. It was a given go by for Chris Wagner and Jared Bolt, fourth liners who are not that good. 
and Chris Wagner gets an easy open side because uh, Allen goes to play for the shot, and Bortuzzo, for some reason, is not covering Doesn't him. take his dude. Not even close because no other, I'm, I'm like, well, maybe there's another guy he was looking at. Nope, <laughs> it was not. So Chris Wagner gets his fourth of the year from Jared Bowl and Cam Fowler at the 18-12 mark. So Anaheim, out of this period, gets two two goals to take the lead. Uh, and Bortu is on the ice for all the Anaheim goals, but does he make it? Does it matter how the end result is, though? In your opinion, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, I mean, redemption. I guess, end. but at the same time, it's like not something to build off of. No, I mean, I, I think it's something that definitely Yo, when they're going through game film, needs to point out, hey, Bortuzzo. You need to get on him. Like, yeah, and like, it wasn't like and Chris Wagner is like nail Yakupov fast. Or something like that, right? It's right. Like, and something Especially I actually, the goal that was scored here. Yeah, he, he could easily have been could have been prevented had he been in the right position. Yeah. So uh, uh, Ryan Reeves gets his fourth of the year from James Schwartz and Paul Stasny. So he was late on a line change, uh, a shot from a, a nice play by Schwartz who actually deked around a guy and got a shot on goal. Yeah. These last these up until the last three games, like he's I, maybe he's starting to come back in the form, maybe. Because he's, he's been struggling oh, very boy. mightily. To say the least. But he makes a nice move here, gets a shot on goal, and Ryan Reeves bangs home the rebound for his fourth of the year. Like I said, from Schwartz and Stasny at the 417 mark. So the Blues and Anaheim go to the third period. Uh, tied. Uh, pretty pivotal. At deuces. Yeah. Pretty pivotal game for both teams, their playoff positioning and stuff. So, And I guess there is a small potential chance that this this could be a possible playoff matchup in the first round. Very small chance. If Anaheim wins some games and pushes ahead of the Sharks and the, Blue, and the Blues get that number yeah, one yeah. wild card, it's a, lot, a very down on the percentage chance, but it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, so Paul Stasny gets his 18th of the year from Tarasenko and Petrangelo 25 seconds into the third. So he comes in and just kind of kind of does a Tarasenko move, power move to the slot and yeah. shoots it between the legs of John Gibson, who – I I don't remember him making a, any really uh, kind of standout saves this game. He seemed to be just be okay. The Blues put a lot of shots on, but I mean, yes. But I also think I wouldn't say John Gibson had a, a really good game or any. I think average at best. So the Blues playing, I think playing well, but unfortunately a penalty is taken, and then Jakob Silverberg gets his nineteenth of the year from Raquel and Kevin Bieksa at the nine twenty four mark. So I hate him back so and forth, back and forth. And, uh, kind of, I think even, I think we, me and you were watching this game at a friend's house yes. and we, but I think we made the comment like, well, okay, well, let's get, well, let's get to overtime. And I think in overtime, get Tarasenko out there and we'll, we'll do the damage then. But of anybody who does it, Joel Edmondson says, let's not go to overtime. Oh. Uh, basically after a scramble gets the puck uh, passed to him by Bortuzzo made a really good play to keep the puck in the zone and rifles not rifles a shot but puts a perfect shot on John Gibson the upper, the upper uh, 90 and he gets his second of the year from Bortuzzo and Jake Allen who gets his first of the year yeah I, unlikely heroes that's yeah. really all you can say both of those guys if anyone had said Bortuzzo to Edmondson with 19 seconds left is going to be your combo to win the game. I think people would have laughed. Yeah, because I think uh, the joke in the locker room afterwards, so, like, I didn't know this. So, basically, when after the team kind of gets in and kind of gets changed a little bit, the media gets uh, on the board, they write down the three numbers of guys who are going to be available to speak. Uh, And the combination was 
Edmondson, Bortuzzo, and Reeves. So it's oh. like, so it's like, they're all like that number. Then even Rutherford took a picture. He's like, I don't think I'll ever see that again. So they all joked about it and stuff. Uh, and also the other one uh, shirt that's going around. Which I don't know if you saw this shirt that was worn during the pre post game. No, um, it just said when the boogeyman uh, checks the closet. Well, when the boogeyman is scared, he checks like the closet for Ryan Reeves or whatever, and it has oh, Reeves. You know, I've seen something like that. Yeah. Um, it's a variation on the Chuck Norris thing. Yeah, so that's kind of the big one. Like I've seen a lot of people saying, "I want that shirt. I want that shirt." So that kind of was worn by uh, that was worn by Edmondson. And so a lot of people have been were wanting that, and then actually Reeves wore an awesome uh, violent gentleman shirt when he did his. Those shirts are great. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, props to him for that. So the Blues go play the next night, extremely shorthanded. Uh, yeah, because down the, to three players. Uh, so during note for the last game against Anaheim, Colton Pareko did not play the whole third period for an undisclosed injury. Didn't tell us what was going on, or still haven't really found out. So he is—he uh, was questionable going to this game. He did not yes. play. Yori um, Letera took, took a puck to the face. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Yeah. When we were watching that game, we were all so quick. Oh, get up, you pussy! Get up! Yeah. Get up! Would someone shoot you? Because he dropped yeah. when he got hit. That yeah, was a snow. Yeah, he got hit. Uh, he was bleeding, so he was. Uh, that was like a little bit left in the third. So the Blues were really shorthanded. So Barbashev steps in for him. Yep. Schmaltz steps in for um, Pareko, and yep. Carter Hutton is in goal this time. And Paul Stasny is out. So Yakupov steps in, which I'm fine with. So they uh so it's a very, it's a very interesting uh lineup going uh forward. Paul Stasny was a last minute scratch due to having the flu. So you got to think they were pumping fluids through him and trying to get him ready. Yeah, they tried, but he didn't. He was a no go. So Stasny was out. So uh, during the first period, uh, another goal by Vladimir Tarasenko was thirty first of the year on the power play. Another and another almost believe it or not, you're gonna be you're gonna be shocked by this assist number twenty nine for Jaden Schwartz. Jeez. As much crap as we've given him the last like three or four weeks, like well, I mean, number twenty nine. Look, I'm happy with the assists because they all contribute to goals. You don't get an assist unless someone put it in the net. But he's got to start converting some of his chances too. Yeah, he's snake bitten on goals for sure. I'll take it back. Jay, uh, John Gibson did have that awesome save on Jay, on uh, Jaden Schwartz in the slot when he did the splits and got the glove. Yes, up. he did. So I'll say that much. So the Blues take the lead in the first period. Uh, kind of a stand, like nothing really of note after that. I noticed just kind of back and forth, one nothing. Uh, Carhartt looked good. Uh, they did have a goal taken, goal taken back on the power play. They finally won a, a won challenge. a challenge. So uh, Andrew Ladd had a goal taken away on an offsides play on the way in. So which the I goal, saw last night on the replay, and it was definitely offside. yeah, it was offside. So it was a good like like a foot almost. They were off, so yeah. it was. So good catch by the Blues uh, video, I guess, guru. So, so I was going to ask you. So from what I understand, when it comes to these reviews, there are iPads or some sort of monitors mm-hmm. at the bench. Yeah, I've seen just iPads depending on where you're at. And then I've seen, like, I think it was in the Winnipeg game where they had a full-blown, like, 40-inch screen behind them that they could have done. Wow. It was, um, like, a huge screen. You could see it had, like, mm-hmm. uh, it was cutting the fours, and it had, like, four different angles of, like, what was going on. And so – those are not 
the same angles that Toronto has, correct? Yeah, Toronto has a, like exclusive couple angles. Like they have like the camera exactly on the blue line. Like they do not get to see that. That's Toronto only gets to see the camera that's right on the blue line. Now, can Toronto see what what the team see? Yes, that's like everybody. That's considered okay. like an everybody one. And then the exclusive to Toronto one's like on the blue line, and supposedly there's another angle. And for goals, there's another angle too. Apparently, they have. I don't know what that is. Huh. So. Um, that's called away. So the Blues, after being one one, goes to one nothing. Um, they go in the second period, and believe it or not, Alexander Steen is still alive, and he scores his thirteenth goal, unbelievable, of the year, uh, at the about five minute mark, four fifty eight mark. So the Blues up two nothing, uh, starting to kind of get on a roll, look good, and then uh, off a little rush. This was just a, a shot. Uh, Brock Nelson gets his sixteenth of the year from Josh Hosang. I, he, I think he looked good, man. I was kind of. He does. He's fast. He's fast. He looked good. So I was. Uh, that's good. I want that shirt. Yeah, I know. I talked to Dominic about getting one of those. And uh, from Mayfield, so Nelson gets a pass from Hosang, kind of on a three on three on two, three on three rush, and he just defense kind of backed in, and Schmaltz kind of backed in a little too much. That's I a think rookie that's thing. The experience. That's an experience. So I kind of was like, eh, we'd like you to step up there, but. Uh, and his stick did get a small piece of it too, but I don't think it was enough that it changed directions. Though. No, no. It was just kind of a glancing blow. Yeah. So then later on, uh, I think the Islanders kind of starting to take control of this game, and Hutton's made some good saves here. Yeah. And then uh, just a simple Gunnarsson throws up the boards, Tarasenko grabs it, and just rifles a shot past uh, Thomas Grice Man. for second of the game is 32nd of the year at the 15-28 mark. Three to one. Things are looking good. And right around the right around the time we need him too. So, um, and then Patrick Berglund gets his nineteenth of the year, which my friend Mike called probably the prettiest goal I've ever seen him score here. It was a, well, a great pass. Yeah, great pass by uh, David Perron and Magnus Payar, who yep. started, who kept it in the zone, and great pass to Berglund. Great move by Berglund, and just a good, just a great goal. Yeah, Payar got into the zone and deked around a guy and was falling to throw the. Pass deep to the left, to the left, to the right side of the goalie, the left side of the ice. Uh, and Perron grabbed it and threw it in front, and uh, Bergman got on his forehand and went to the backhand and got it right by Grice. So, yes, at the eighteen oh six mark. So the Blues have a very nice, comfortable four to one lead. So part of me is like, just don't back up, just don't back up. That and that's the key. Well, unfortunately, this is the one that hit that uh, changed directions. Anthony uh, Bolivier, his eighth of the year from Hickey and Clutterbuck at the two eleven mark. This is where Schmaltz uh, did step up this time, and it bit him right in the ass, and it hit the puck. It literally changed about six inches and just yep. went just right by the glove of Carter Hutton. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, so that's why I said like one. I wish he stepped up on one. Check. I wish he laid back on. So it kind of sucked. Unfortunately, uh, Nick Letty gets his 11th of the year on a power play after kind of a BS call on my, my end, I think. Jay Bowmeister, that slash on Josh Hosang. I didn't get to see the call. I just saw – I came back right in time to see the goal and Bowmeister coming out of the box. Yeah, he uh, he slashed, and then the ref, like I think, was getting ready to call it, but Hosang did the, what's going on, throwing my arms up in the air. They, you know, every player does and he loses your stick. So that kind of sucked. But Letty gets it from Ladd and Tavares at the 1831 mark. With the goalie pulled. With the goalie pulled. So they were technically a six on four at this time. So uh, they wind up holding on. The Blues win their fourth in a row, four to three. So back to back wins. I think this is, uh, Yo called it the uh, a character win. 
They we are down that many guys. A lot of guys stepped up and had good games. That is the biggest thing I took away from this game is that you're missing a couple of pretty big names. You're missing Colton Pareko. You're missing uh, Paul Stastny. Yori uh, Laterra for all the crap we give him, still a decent player, but you know missing Pareko and Stastny, who are arguably your number one center and um, what are your top four defensemen? Yeah. And technically, I mean, nothing is Carter Hutton, but you have your backup. But he's played very right. well lately. Yeah. So, I mean, that's nothing against him. But so you're playing like – and, uh, you know, Islanders team who had the night off before. They, you know, so they, Correct. they're coming in. Uh, they were already in St. Louis. So the Blues just got back late the night before. Or, no, they were playing the night before. So it's like you got to – I get, chalk it up as a very good win. So I agree. Let's go with uh, – we'll talk about the schedule for the next – let's go next week, but we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the month as well. Um, probably one of the biggest games of the year, Monday, Monday night, uh, against the L.A. Kings. Very big. You're sitting three part three parts, three points up on the Kings. Same amount of games Equal played. games played. Um, we have check. more regulation wins than them, I believe. I am 99% sure you're correct. Um, I'm double-checking that. As so, worst-case scenario, we lose that game. We're still a point up on them. Yeah, and, and, and a comfortable regulation wins up on them, by the way. We have 34. They have? 31. Okay. So, yeah, we we've got... We've got some breathing room, but again, like just win the game. Yes, correct. And also, just uh, just to look ahead too, we also have three more than Nashville regulation win wise, and we're only two points behind them, and they have an extra game in hand on us right now. So technically, you're looking at you. Uh, if you win, you jump. You're going to be hopping between this these two playoff spots: the last wild card and the third spot in the uh, central. Central. Uh, as we speak right now, uh, Chicago is up on Minnesota. Three to one at the end of the two last time I checked. How many shots now? Uh, I have not checked on that yet. I'll get to that. But right now, Chicago has one more game play than Minnesota, but they're three points behind them. So um, they win today. That's one point behind them and with only a game in hand. So it's going to be be down the stretch stretch for them. So Minnesota and Chicago could uh, be neck and neck. And it could wind up being like the one year where it was – I think it was us and it was Nashville. It was us in Chicago the one year we were like one and two, one and two. Then we finished one. That's when we went. That's when we played Minnesota and lost. Yes, I think that's what happened. Um, it was a year that we won the division. Yes, yeah, one so, of the years. Let's see. As currently uh, four to two, Chicago. Jesus Christ, forty four shots on goal for the Wild and only twenty one shots for. at this time and there's only 20 seconds left in the game so it looks like the Blackhawks are going to so Crawford is getting pummeled with shots correct Dubnik is going back to old Dubnik apparently so this week we talked about the Kings are in the next game they're on the California road trip that they have every year around this time Uh, they always have this because of the Missouri Valley Conference game Yep, around this time every year they always have this so you play the Ducks again and the Sharks back to back nights Wednesday and Thursday this week and that's big that's big and then, so you, I say the toughest part of your schedule is right there. But then you literally go into, you can call them cupcake games, you can call them whatever you, your little heart desires, but you play Arizona, Colorado on the road, come home for Vancouver. Calgary is going to be a big game on the 25th. You must win those three games against Colorado and Phoenix. You have to. 
and then you had then you wind up playing at the end of the month. You play Arizona twice in the last week of the month and Colorado at Colorado. So you literally have some games like Colorado. Like they did not look good that night. So you need to win those games. So yes, the Blues should be able to. They have it in front of them. Hopefully, they don't take it for granted. Let's put it that way. Just you need to win those games. And I think like I said the LA game is huge. You win that. You're up five on L.A. Uh, that's going to be a hard for them to come out, come back on, especially um, they have one of the harder schedules compared to us because they I play a lot of I read teams. That the Blues have the easiest scheduled on the stretch. Correct. It's like the winning percentage of the other team, and this is due to Colorado having Phoenix, a lot. It's yeah. like .39 is the wow. average on the rest of the way through. So you're looking at a pretty – A very winnable schedule. schedule. Yeah. But – you got to win them. Yeah. We say that, but at the same time, Blues have been known to play up to the competition. And down. And play down to the competition. So that's one of those things that we hopefully can avoid the rest of this way. And hopefully Mike Yo, I think it will be a good test for him to make sure the team is prepared. I would agree. And if we can avoid these injuries, Colton Prego is, has a possibility for playing tomorrow in uh, L.A. Same with uh, Paul Stasny. Good. They didn't say anything about Yori Laterra from the all the reports I did, so I don't know if he's just – so it makes me like is he was actually injured or is he just sat due to performance? Or did the injury happen they kind of just sat it just to – you know, I don't I know. I kind of wonder if they're using the injury as, as a reason. reason to sit him. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I get where you're going with that, and mm. I think you might be onto something. Yeah, and I think Barbashev looked good. I mean, I've been impressed with Barbashev every game. I kind of thought he's a uh, he, lot better, not down the guy, but a lot better than I thought he would be. He'll be solid second, maybe at the most, but more like a very good third line center. Like a Martin, I say like a Martin Hansel. He's got some good speed and he got some good hands. And but he, but he plays a very good two way game. I, that's not a downer against the Martin. If you, no, if I get a guy who's like Martin Hansel on our team. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, there's a lot of people who would take that. Yeah. So I'm fine with that. So um, that's all we got this week, I think. No real blues news outside of that. Nothing. No. I mean, you want to talk about what happened at the game last night? Mm, the soldier thing? Yeah. Oh, uh, sure. We'll bring that up. So the blues did one of these. Uh, and I, they always get to me, so I'm I'm a sucker for them. But, uh, They're pretty awesome. Where uh, sports teams always like have a do some kind of skit to – Reunite a family that uh, a soldier who's coming home from, you know, being away from wherever. So they did one last night where they had Patrico was doing his little shtick about a, a game, and on the screen pops this woman's husband, and he's like, "Oh, is he stationed in Texas still?" And she said, "Oh, false or something like that." Then is then he comes from the side, and there's a big embrace, and him and his I think he had three kids or whatever. So it was a very cool thing, and this makes this team. Even more awesome off the ice than they are like to us on the ice. Like when they do stuff like that, it just you know, Terry Singer did with the little girl who's been going on the road trip. Yes. You know, it's coming up like little stuff like that. Is I'm sure they'll have more about that when the uh, um, NHL radio this morning had Andy Strickland on to talk about the Blues, and before they even got into games, they brought up both that story of the family being reunited and the night before the Blues honoring the two kids uh, two who kids rescued and, the yeah. old lady out of a burning house. Yeah. So, you know, on, on top of what this team does on ice, um, they are a class organization when it comes to work in the community and recognizing people in the community. And that's why, you know, 
I know we get pessimistic at times, but you look at what this season means for St. Louis. You know, 50 years in a market in today's sports climate is a lot. Yeah. Keep in mind, you had an NFL team who was here 20? Yeah, 21? 20 ish years, yeah. And then peaced out. right? 95. Yeah. 95, 96. So, you know, for a team to be here as long as they have, championships or no championships, that means something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this city over the past couple years has really started to fall back in love with the Blues. You know, they were kind of, I don't want to say the outcast, but. The forgotten, know, the forgotten shot. Well, whatever you, whatever you have an NFL team in town. No matter media, how bad they are. Yeah, the media the is going to gravitate to the NFL. I mean. Especially Frank Kuzma. What, what's the joke? The NFL owns the day of the week? Yeah. That's true. Um, well, Frank Cusimano is going to cover high school basketball before anything else. Yeah. Um, it, it was, I have a friend of mine named, we'll call him Jeff, <laughs> who uh, sent me a text this morning. Let me see what it said. Uh, and it was about our buddy Frank. It said, um, da, da, da. it says, Sunday morning sports on TV. Blues are pushing for the playoffs. Just won their fourth in a row. Maybe 30 seconds worth of coverage, then five minutes worth of Duke men's basketball and women's college and women's high school basketball. Thanks, Frank Cusimano. Yeah. So now, and here's the thing. Full disclosure, I'm a Duke fan. I love Duke. You want to know why Frank Cusimano's covering Duke basketball? Jason Tatum. Correct. That's the only reason. Yeah. It's the only reason. Yeah. Um, I know. It, I, I get it. March Madness around the corner to a degree, it, but at the same time, it's like, this is local. It astounds me that the – that NBC owns the NHL rights and that no one at KSDK has gone to their sports director and said, Frank, we now only have two pro sports teams in town. And whether you like it or not, your daughter's basketball team is not one of them. Yep. Cover the teams. How do they not... Spend more time on the blues. And don't give me this crap about, well, they have a blues show. That show yeah, is corny. Yeah, um, I don't, that I, said, I believe today they are airing part two of 50 Years of the Blues. Yeah, I was getting ready to bring that up. So, um, Which part one was cool, but it's all stock footage. Um, but, man, like I, I watch Sports Plus. I watch... All the, the local sports cast. What was a lot on Channel 4 back in the day? Sports Extra? Sports? sports something like that. Yeah. Um, it infuriates me how little coverage KSDK and, and namely Frank Cusimano gives the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Um, I know Renee Knott was a regular at the uh, rink, but I couldn't tell you who's a regular for Channel 5 now. Honestly, oh, it, it's certainly not Frank Cusimano. Yeah, so they because uh, he Renee not. I'll moved, do it. He moved to like the morning or whatever. Yeah, he, I think morning desk. Reporter. Yeah, but he he was always there. Like I would say, him tweeting out pictures. Mike from Bush used to cover him decent when he was yeah. a sports guy. It seems like I, I, that for a while there in the early part from let's say November, October through December. Let's say yeah, I couldn't tell you how many times that I would see like the little editorial thing they do, and it'd be. 
um, High school, Frank, high Fra- no, that will be Frank ripping about the Rams and like how bad. Like, look what you like. Like, we shouldn't feel sorry for you now because you're still awful and you left yeah. us. And da, da, da. it's like, dude, they're gone, man. Like, yeah, it's gone. Like, Focus I, on a team that's here and, and doing, doing something. And doing stuff not only on the ice, like competing for a playoff spot. Maybe not as good as they have been the last couple of years, but they're competing for a playoff spot, which is news. And yep. then they're also doing stuff in the community. Like, mm-hmm. that's my thing. It's like... The Rams never did anything in the community. Yeah. You know, and then that's he brings that up. And then it's like, you okay, great. You said the Rams don't do it. Why don't you cover the team that's doing it then? It, it comes off like a jilted X. Yeah. And I'm just tired. And I've seen many times where they post the editorials online. I always, I'm a big comment reader section. It lets me think, like, what people are think, saying about stuff. And, sure. Uh, and then I would say I would say there's a good 40% of them are like, Dude, they're gone. Like you need to drop this. And some people are like, "Good job, Frank. Way to get them." And it's like an eighty-year-old dude. Like I don't care. You know what? And, and that's the problem is that there's still pe- there are people out there who won't let go. The thing that astounds me. And look, man, I played high school basketball in this city. I get it. I loved when they would do pieces on our team and our conference and all that. But I'm sorry, I'm a forty-year-old man and I don't have kids. I don't care what's happening in men's or women's high school basketball right now. Or push it to the end of the sports broadcast. Dude, if you, you know? want to give me the scores during the state tournament or highlight one game a week and give it three minutes, five minutes maybe, that's fine. That's fine. You don't need to do a feature piece on it. Yeah. Unless that's, it's that's something amazing. Yeah. And – the fact that the blues are a asterisk most of the time at the end of sports plus the only time where we kind of saw is when the winter classic. Cause like yep. it kind of felt like it or had to be as they made their playoff run last year. Yeah. But if I was a, a, an executive for the blues and I was in charge of media relations, I would be calling KSDK every day and saying, you need to explain this to me. Yeah, because I know they have a couple of like writers who. Yep. Hey, this is Dan Buffa. I want to say he does like stuff. Some he does some stuff at Game Time, but he's the one who puts the Blues articles on KSDK, kind of like what our friend Jeff Ponder used right. to do. And look, man, the online presence is fine. That's great, and I'm glad those guys are there. Your sports director should give a damn about this team. Yeah, that's my thing. So next week we'll have Frank Cusimano on. I would love. Uh, I would love, I would love it. to. Yeah, no. I mean, look, it, it, I don't know how many people are familiar with um, when Tom and Jeff from the point were let go, they started a podcast and that was roughly 2008. I think the year that the blues made the push, made that furious run and got into the playoffs. Yeah. And I was on the show in the weeks leading up to the playoffs and went on a expletive filled rant for about 10 minutes about that was the original, like that was the, yeah, that was the Mm. Genesis of the, I hate Frank Cusimano. And it was because I watched Sports Plus, and they didn't mention the Blues one time, and they did a 10-minute piece about his daughter's high school basketball team and about how her, his daughter and her best friend were seniors on a team that he and his best friend had played for 30-something years ago. I don't give a damn. Talk about the pro teams. Dude, we are not a farm town. There's more going on here. We have two pro teams. You better talk about them, son. And at the time, we had three pro teams, mm-hmm. and also minor league. I think it was no chill wasn't around, but we have we have oh we have like but we also have like rascals and stuff like that too. We have the two baseball teams. Yep, 
Meaning, you can, and by the way, the Rascals have gone to their version of the World Series the th- last three two, seasons. Yeah, last two, at least two of the last three I know of for yeah. sure. So I mean, and they but, and they get a little pop here and there, but you know, I mean, I, day, I digress. We've gone way off topic, but I, I, you know what? That needs to be what we ask the listeners this week because maybe I'm crazy, but it sure seems like Channel Five, who's an NBC affiliate who owns the rights to the NHL NHL games could give a damn less about the St. Louis Blues. Okay. So what was the question? Which I word this just right. Um, I would just does say, K, does KSDK, are you happy with, with KSDK's local coverage of the Blues? Not NBC. Yeah. Because, of course, they aired the Winter Classic. They had to. That's NBC. Are you happy with the daily coverage that you get out of the sports department at KSDK, meaning when you turn on the 10 o'clock news or the 6 o'clock news or Sports Plus and you watch the sports report on a daily basis, are you happy with what Frank Cusimano and staff does in regards to covering this hockey team? Yeah, All right, I'll put that out there after we get done recording here. We'll go over that. So last bit of news for the uh, podcast we have. So we'll be ending up our Glass Bangers giveaway. Yep. So thanks to uh, Glass Bangers for sponsoring that. That shirt is awesome that they sent us. Yes. So the uh, one with all the retired numbers on yep. it. So that's uh, very cool. So um, make sure you go check them out, glassbangers.com. They have a sale going on right now for like $5 t-shirts. You can't beat that. And it's like there's certain it's like a certain selection of them, but the none of the new the blues ones were just released. So those yep. are not part of it, but there's a ton of shirts that they have that are pretty cool. Uh, I might look at uh, grabbing me one before uh, the sale ends. So make sure you go check them out at uh, glassbangers.com. Also, uh, you need to just look on our Facebook page. The link's out there and also on Twitter. The yep. link's out there. So we have all the names uh, together now. Ashley is going to go ahead uh, on during the first period of the game against the Kings. Yep. She'll be on, live on our Facebook. So look on our Facebook, Blues Hockey Podcast, and she will draw the name and say – Congratulations. And then um, once that is, I will get a hold of you and let you know how to get your shirt. Yep. So that uh, so thanks to everybody who's retweeted and entered the contest. It's been it's pretty been fun. Been we'll going well. We'll do more. So, yeah. So that is, I think, it. So we'll wrap things up there. If you'd like to get a hold of us on Twitter, at Blues Hockey NHL. Uh, also, you hold of Chris, it is? At Hossapalooza. And Ashley is ash at, at blah, 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 at Ashley Ryan. There Correct. we go. Eventually I'll get it. Uh, and then to email us, uh, blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, or Frank Cusimano rants you want to go on, go ahead and send that to us. Dude, I would seriously love to have him on the show sometime. Well, I'll tweet at him, see what happens. You he never know. Yeah. You never know. You won't get anything. Hey, never know. That's the way I look at it. It'd be great. I mean, I legitimately, and I wouldn't be a dick. I think Kelly Chase would go off on me for correcting his Oscar joke, but apparently he didn't. Yeah. So, you know, to each his own. Sure. So. Oh, can I plug uh, my other podcast? Go for it. Uh, next week. So not, uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, not today. So the 13th. But Monday the 13th. That'll be the next week, the 20th. Be today. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The 20th. It's March 20th. Uh, Kelly and I are going to have Cam Jansen on the show. Ah, uh-huh, Cam Jansen. Uh, and we are trying to eventually uh, get a show of enforcers, and we're going to try to get Cam 
Tony Twist and Darren Kimball all to come on and talk. That'd be awesome. I'm going to ask Darren Kimball if he remembers a really tall, skinny kid uh, setting off his car alarm. <laughs> I'm interested to hear that. We'll save it for another podcast, though. So, uh, yeah, that should be, be fun. It'll so. be fun. It'll be a lot of fun to talk uh, hockey with Cam, who was just inducted into the Missouri. Is it Missouri or St. Louis? Missouri. It was Missouri. Missouri so. Amateur Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, the dude's got stories, and he's an amazing yeah, played overseas, played in the minors, yep. you know, so worked his way up, played uh, all kinds of junior, all kinds of hockey in Missouri, like name the level he played it in Missouri. Yep. So, And the thing that I really want to ask him about is – how quickly the role of the enforcer changed because you know it was only what five years ago or you had to have that cam was on this team and now you look at ryan reeves and yeah ryan could ryan could fight but ryan can also skate and score ryan had to change his game he had he yes uh, he did he that's the only reason he uh i think is having as good as year as he's had because i thought at the beginning of the year he was being one of those guys that's not gonna be on the expansion list which i will bring that news up super quick yeah, the 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 role of the, the having a pure enforcer whose only job is to go out and punch someone. A la Tony Twist, Kelly Chase. Yep, I mean those Cam. guys are dinosaurs now. Yeah, you they, don't see they them. just in the salary cap era, you can't waste money on a one dimensional player like that. You you need someone who will defend your stars, but they also need to find a way to contribute. Be that in a checking role or being able to put a couple in in a timely manner or whatever. Yeah. Also, just really quick, which I should have mentioned that. So they they did make an announcement about the expansion draft that's going to be coming up. So it is going to be televised. Where we do not know yet. An undisclosed location. Well, it's going to be in Vegas. Ah. But like, what station? I guess. Sorry, I should clarify. What station? Like NBC, probably sport, NBC Sports at best. Probably, I would imagine. Uh, so that'll be the Thursday before the draft. So Got you're it. talking a week of NHL stuff. You're going to have the award ceremony Wednesday, yep. draft Thursday, uh, the expansion draft Thursday, amateur draft Friday and Saturday. So you have four days of NHL stuff. That's in July, right? I know, June. End of June. Do you have vacation days? No. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. Um, I'm just saying. And also, your, your protected list is not going to be public. So the 10 players the Blues get to uh, protect, 10, 11, depending on how they do it, that will not be public. So technically – so The I players guess, will know, right? No, no. It will not be no, – basically you get the list turned into Central Registry. That will get sent to Vegas. Vegas will go from there. Vegas will get a Pick list of – Pick your 10 right now if you were a betting man. Okay, real quick. So the obvious ones are – Let's see. It's probably going to be seven, three, and one for the Blues. Because it's seven. It's the two options are seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or ten or of anybody. Ten of anybody, right? Yep. Okay. So you're probably going to go seven, three, and one. Is the ones that make the most sense. Yes, you, you get the extra player. So Tarasenko is obvious. Okay. Stastny. Okay, also, here. mind you, I'm going to write these down. Let's go put on that. a blank piece of paper. Go and write that down. So also, um, so you got mind you, the Blues have no movement, no no movement clauses, so they don't have to deal with any of that crap. So anybody can, can anybody check, anybody can be uh, put out there. Yep. So we got Tarasenko, Stastny, mm-hmm. uh, more likely Schwartz, Steen. Let's see, one, two, three. That's four. Uh, Fabry is not eligible because he's a second year player. So he's already protected. Same with Pareko. Okay. 
So you have those things. I You've think got four I think, forwards right now. I think Ryan Reeves is going to be one of those forwards. Okay. Um, so what are we looking at there? It's five forwards. So you're talking your second line. So Patrick Bergen will probably be on there as well. And this is where I have an issue of who do you who are they going to protect? Is it going to be Yuri Laterra? Or will it be oh excuse me, David Prawn is on there. That's the one I forgot. That's where I was going because he's cheap. So what am I at seven at right there? Seven. So it's, I think that Reeves one is either Reeves or Laterra. I agree with that, and I don't. But think I say Reeves, and I don't think it's Laterra. No, I, I think with the money and stuff, you I know, think they'll, I, they'll kind of hope against hope on that one. I go two ways. I don't think they'd protect Laterra. I look at a player like Ryan Reeves, and I think, do you really need to protect him? Is that the type of player that's going to get taken in the expansion draft? But if you asked me that question last year, I would say the exact, if you exact don't protect thing. him and they take him, you shot yourself in the ass, and you don't have that type of player to replace him. That's right. My thing. But I mean, if you take, let's say you don't take Laterra, you don't protect Laterra, and you don't protect uh, Reeves, who do you put in there? There's already nobody left. Huh? Yaskin, no. I guess. I mean, you're not going to protect Upshaw. He's a, a, he's, a, he's a UFA. UFA. You have Brodziak, who is potentially lost. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, Payarvi? Payarvi. You know, he's a UFA. Yakupov? UFA. Yakupov's RFA. Yeah. So well, really, I mean, so it's one of those two. Yeah. So I think they'll let Yaskin and Laterra and Brodziak will be the three They'll forwards. float them. Yeah. They float. Defense-wise, it's pretty straightforward. 27. For Trangelo. Bo Meester. 19. Edmondson. Yeah, because you don't have to protect 55. Nope. So, and then 34. And then go down. So you leave Hutton's out there. Yep. You hope for, hope Carl Gunnarsson gets picked up. I agree with pretty much his entire list. I, I don't. Well, has made it pretty straightforward, honestly. Like, unless, uh, you know, because Laterra is pretty much one of those where if you did have a really good season, you swap Reeves for Laterra, and then you just yeah. hope that Reeves doesn't get taken. But I think Gunnarsson's played well enough lately. That and he has no trade, mind you. So they might just let him go. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blues, depending on how Vegas needs to reach a floor of forty-six million, I believe, forty-three or forty-six, and uh, so they have to get. They have to. It can't take like a bunch of rookies, and hopefully, no. like they have, they have that couple guys with some money behind them. Yeah. So I. That's why I think Carl Gunnarsson would be primed to it. I think Carter Hutton has a decent shot, actually. Believe it or not, I think so. He the way he's rebounded, you never know. Yeah. Um, but if it was my choice, I'll, I've read a ton of these expansion ones. There's two guys, two. There's three guys technically, and one's an RFA, which I don't, I don't, that means the person doesn't know what they're talking about. Nail Yakupov, Carl Gunnarsson, Dmitry Askin. Those are the three guys that pop up on most lists. I can see any of them going. Um, there's the, one of the guys, uh, one of the USA Today guys, just did one who's their normal writer, like who I really like, and he said Carl Gunnarsson. Um, I understand them saying Yakupov strictly because I think that guy has not gotten a fair shake here in St. Louis. Yeah, he, when he's on the ice, his speed is fantastic, and he has moments where you can tell the skill is there. He just hasn't had the opportunity to gel with these guys in a game situation, and practice is different than a game. Yeah, so I'd be curious if you get more than just like one or two games, like stretch of games unfortunately we're at the point where they kind of they're the doing, they're doing they the right quote now. they're doing the quote hash as a our friend art lippo says hashtag veteran experience Ugh. you know and that's why barbashev and schmaltz were sitting before injuries they were they're going with the 
after the Colorado game, there was a team meeting and pretty much said they're going to go with a veteran lineup for now on, which right. I, that was according to Mike Yo. So, but everything's working out so far. We'll hey, just ride the don't wave. Don't knock it if it ain't you know if it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Like I said, we got a big game tomorrow. Ashley be announcing our winner. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I got a little sidetracked at the end there, but we're good to go. So all the stuff, you get a hold of us. Uh, answer. We'll put our poll question out there about the KSDK coverage. Yep, we'll do that and we'll bring that up on our next show. And uh, I think if everything. I don't know, actually, with Ashley. We'll see, because she actually might be driving back from Nashville again. That's true. So we'll see how that works out. It's just been kind of Eventually, a, she will be back. It's just been a super awful scheduling thing for uh, all of us yeah. in the last couple of months. So we'll go from there. Anyway, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for everything, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See you.